Introducing your hosts, with wit beyond measure, Michael, loyal and just, Haley, ambitious and cunning, Shelby, daring and chivalrous, Savannah. Welcome to... Hold My Butterbeer, a podcast about all things Wizarding World Canyon. So today we are talking about the greatest holiday of the year. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> in, my, in my household, yeah. at least. In my household, Halloween is the, uh, the highest and holiest holiday of the year. Agreed. Agreed. If you don't agree, then stay tuned. You will after this. <laughs> okay, so Ubi, Spooky, Harry Potter. Yes, all things spooky, all things Harry Potter. Where do we want to get started? You usually do this, Dad. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, Michael, you usually tell us the facts, and then we just kind of derail the whole thing. So. Yeah. Well, Haley was letting me know that sometimes I can be too structured when it comes to this, and we should have more natural conversation. Does no, it- I feel like your structure is what we, our goal is to break through the whole thing. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> His work for him, isn't that the isn't that the framework of this? I thought that's how we did this. <laughs> fight against Michael the whole so time. So just to be this episode, Michael tries to keep it really together. <laughs> we try to fight him with every fiber of our being. Well, let's start with a bit of history, you guys. Okay. <laughs> Halloween has its origins in Samhain, which is a pagan holiday that takes place. It's close to the autumnal equinox. And it's all about the harvest and no, wait, that's wrong. It's not about the harvest at all. It's about death. In researching for today's podcast, I had seen in the British copies of Harry Potter that they, the Brits spell it hallow apostrophe, like hallow apostrophe E-N. And I'd never seen that before because I'd never seen like British stuff never written out. Never seen that before? Like the, like the, the yeah, comma Yeah, that's E-N. so common. I've never seen it before. Yeah, <laughs> Continue. Okay, well, anyway, uh, which is like a shortening of All Hallows Evening. So that's where the word Halloween comes from. It's All Halloween. It's Halloween. Oh, wow. So it's just people being lazy. And that's where Halloween came from. That's how language evolves. Yeah. It's like an emoji. Now we just use a pumpkin emoji. Now we don't even say it. Yeah, it's just a pumpkin <laughs> emoji. That's where language is going. We're just going back to pictographs. <laughs> like the Egyptians. Egyptians had it right. So moving on from there, um, so talking about Halloween in the Wizarding World, so lots and lots and lots of important things have happened on or around Halloween. Um, first thing in the series that happened is that is the night that Voldemort kills himself, basically, oh. um, by attacking Harry, but also the night that Lillian James are killed. R.I.P. R.I.P. So that marks the end of the first Wizarding War with Voldemort losing his power and Harry Potter getting taken to the Dursleys. So that... Do you think Harry hates Halloween? I don't think that he puts it together that that's when that happened. Really? How do you not? How would you not I figured, like, you'd you'd find out about it eventually, but I don't feel like he would hate the holiday Halloween. I could never hate the holiday Halloween, but I feel like if my parents were murdered that day, it might be a little rough. Yeah, he really doesn't have any feelings about Halloween as, like, a sad day. I know. It's very bizarre to me. I never really thought about it until now, I guess. I, I guess feel like the- Harry probably also doesn't really think about it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of obvious things kind of just breeze right past him. Yeah. Fair. But, I mean, I also think that in the UK, Halloween is not the same that it is here. It's celebrated, but it's not as intense. You mean they don't have, like toads and realistic snakes and like michael stores that are filled from top to bottom with the most merch you've ever seen in your life and the reason that is true because our british friends were telling us your halloween stores are like legit and we're like yeah we know that's the one thing corporate corporate america does right is halloween it's the most wonderful (laughs) time of the year (laughs) like christmas it's like annoying by then but like halloween the Nearly Headless Nick's death day is also on Halloween. It's his 500th death day in Chamber of Secrets. So One of my favorite parts of any of them. Why is it your favorite? Death day parties, I the whole the whole idea of having a death day party is my favorite thing. Um, and then Shelby had one 
when she killed her jewelry business, which was also my favorite thing because we all were gray and it was just so much fun. And I love the idea of celebrating kind of the life of something. And it just gave me a different outlook on like how to celebrate death and that it should be more, I don't even want to say fun because the death day I would not say was fun. It's not for nearly Elvis Nick at all or Harry <laughs> with all the rotting food, but bad attitude. it was still a good party. This is such a random thought that I just had because you were talking about how fun the death day party is. What a cool cosplay if you did the headless hunt and then you got little heads to like throw around it with your friends. Yeah. To play like headless head or what is it? Headless hockey or um, head hockey? Or like head polo. Like what was yeah, it? Yeah, I think a head polo, head polo was one of them. Because they were like polo. Yeah. Okay. We need horses. We're going to do this right. <laughs> okay. Just, where does one hire a horse tell everyone they'll take my amazing idea <laughs> we should do this for the Kentucky Derby oh my gosh <laughs> I'm all about a, a theme that no one will get <laughs> it's for us we'll get it so while we're talking about ghosts let's talk about ghosts okay yeah. so Ghosts have been always a super interesting part of the books to me because, like, there's these little things here and there that I'm like, how are the ghosts doing that? So on Pottermore, it says that ghosts, they can affect water, fire, and air, and they can turn candle flames blue. So we know that when they were going down to the death day party, that all the candles were blue, and I thought that was just aesthetic. But apparently it's because all those ghosts were gathering in one place, they turned all the candles blue just with their presence. Where'd you learn that? Pottermore. Oh. Read the articles. Hey, they oh. do the required reading. Oh. <laughs> and so, I was busy that day. <laughs> so I'd always been kind of curious about like, well, so how does Moaning Martle like go into the toilet pipes? Like she like into the S bend and all of that stuff. And how does she make water splash out of the toilets? Because if she's a ghost, shouldn't she just like just phase through the pipes, like just in her physical body? But apparently she can change her size to go through the pipes and she can disturb water. So I always thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. I'm glad that you have ghost questions because I have a couple myself. Let's go through them. I've got some too. So go girl. (laughs) This just became ghost talk. This is now the ghost podcast. (laughs) Hello. Welcome to Hold My Ghost. Mm -hmm. Um, So not to go too far off topic, but... When you mentioned the death day party, it's noted in the books that uh, Nearly Headless Nick hired a ghostly orchestra to play the musical Saw. And what really, like, kind of threw me was the fact that he hired them. <laughs> like, like what, what did he pay them with? Never yeah. How does that currency work? Is it, like, wizarding currency? Like, galleons and sickles and everything? Are, are they bartering for goods and services like i have questions about hiring a ghost orchestra like what do they get out of this i also wonder about like it said that one of the guests that attended came from as far as kent and as an american i don't actually know how far kent is from wherever they are in scotland but i'm assuming it's pretty far and i wonder like how do ghosts get around yeah how do they travel that far they're not confined to whatever castles they might have died in, I guess, if they had special guests coming in for the death day party. And then kind of in the same vein of what you were saying, Michael, about Myrtle being able to like affect like basically like biotic or abiotic things around her. I really wonder, did any of the spectral guests that were at the death day party, did any of them actually have a real chance of being able to taste all of those like rotten and tainted foods or was it just kind of a ruse do you know what i mean like was it just kind of done like as a as a courtesy of like oh well the smellier and the nastier it is maybe you'll have a better chance or is that all just in their heads like a placebo kind of thing i think it's totally a placebo yeah i too i would agree with that but the stinkier it looks, like the the more the placebo works. So, mm. yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's not real. When you talked about travel, I immediately thought about uh, the Bloody Baron and the Grey Lady, how they travel from Albania to Scotland. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Oh, I forgot about that. And as a geography note, Kent is really, really far from Scotland. I like. I wonder how far. I mean, that poor little lady ghost. I don't know. I can't put in like in Google Maps. I can't put in like an address for Hogwarts. But <laughs> <laughs> we try it. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Kent is in the very southeast of the UK. So it's it's like outside of London, down in the south part of the country, and then Scotland and Hogwarts and everything is like way up north. So mm-hmm. it's pretty much the whole length of the UK. But when you talked about like the ghost bands being hired and like what kind of currency, uh, first of all, that's so funny because I would never think of that. And like the fact that I'm thinking about it now is so amazing because I love you. But um, my, my like immediate impression is like they're just like some deadbeat dad band like please we just want to play somewhere with our ghostly music <laughs> like, I, I don't care where the menu is and like what kind of like they're probably sending out like uh like cassette tapes to like <laughs> to nearly have the snickly like please hire our band <laughs> i'm also wondering what kind of advertisements do they have for these kinds of you know, things. It would have to be word of ghost mouth, right? They could be in the Daily Prophet. Like. Maybe there's a ghost bulletin board somewhere we don't know about. Oh my god. Well, Nick's been around for 500 years, so he must know the ghost scene pretty well. <laughs> he must be top-notch ghost. <laughs> I also I wonder if they can't... Okay, as far as objects go, like... They're playing the musical saw, this orchestra. So yeah. does that mean that they all had to die with a musical saw in hand? I feel like yes. Because they're not, I mean, can you go to like Ghost Home Depot? Like where Where are they finding? I don't, I just, mm. there's a lot of questions surrounding this. Questions similar to iPad 2. Um, because at, at one point, Nick is holding a letter from the head, Headless Hunt. And that's the same thing for me. It's like, how? Okay, so he's got a letter. So someone has to write that letter. So the Headless Hunt like had to have ghost paper and ghost quills and ghost ink. And then how did they send the letter? Was it like a ghost owl? And then how does Nick have the letter? So that, uh, along the same lines of the band, that has always been a, a question for me. Like, how is Nick holding a letter? And how does Professor Ben's grade papers like, if they can affect water, fire, and air, that does not include parchment. So how does he rifle through the papers? Because he's not a poltergeist. Like, poltergeists can affect the real world, but ghosts can't. So how does that work? Um, uh, don't know. Can I ask my ghost question that's already always bothered me? Yeah. Please. Cody Myrtle flies around pipes all day and never found the Chamber of Secrets girl didn't try hard enough (laughs) (laughs) maybe she wasn't looking for it maybe she just was on like autopilot in whatever her main pipes were i'm just like she had 50 years girl could have found it by then (laughs) also wouldn't you want to know what was killing you (laughs) yeah maybe that's true she did confine her toilet a lot because hermione was like she does not leave that toilet she got flushed into the lake plenty of times yeah, like, girl, how did she get flushed into the lake? Exactly. Because <laughs> the water affects her, too. Yeah. There has to be, like, did you, is there a Pottermore article about ghosts? Yes. What does it say about, like, ghost transportation and stuff? It doesn't say anything about that. Yeah, nothing at all. I just consulted it earlier. It's, like, four paragraphs. I'm wondering if there's a ghost department at the ministry that has to, like, move the ghosts from Kent to this party. Oh, well, I don't know. There is a department for ghosts in the ministry, but I don't know what their responsibilities are. And do they have, like, a registry of all the ghosts? There's a ghost being in spirit division. Mm -hmm. I might not not be naming that correctly. It feels like of all the Harry Potter canon, the most questions that I can think (laughs) about involve ghosts. (laughs) Like, the most unanswered questions, which I'm proud (laughs) of, because I feel like the more answers I get, like, the less I, I think about it. So I'm like, I'm fine with this, but I have a lot of ghost questions. In my life. Beast being in spirit. That's what it is. Yeah. So there's yeah. a spirit division for the department for the regulation and control of magical creatures. And they deal with 
ghost issues because didn't like all of Hornby have to get uh, have to oh, get yeah. Myrtle banished or something? Yes, <laughs> she was like stalking her. <laughs> oh my hero, all of Hornby. <laughs> she is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> Savage queen. <laughs> 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 I mean, Myrtle Myrtle. Let's, you know what I mean. <laughs> I have one more thing to say about ghosts. I can't remember what it was now. It was like an open-ended question, but I can't. I'll think of it later. I'll get back to it. It's not a big deal. <clears throat> okay. Should we move on to feasts? Yes. My other favorite thing. Right. So lots of. So the thing that happens every year at Hogwarts is the Halloween feast. And there's so much that happens at these Halloween feasts. I feel like it's something, it's similar, but it's different every year. Halloween's always like a like point in time in the books that's always, Halloween and Christmas. And sometimes Easter. But I feel like Halloween is like the point in the book where it starts going down in Harry Potter. (laughs) It's so funny you say that because I made a note of that too. It's like, there's always something pivotal that happens on Halloween. And it like, it makes sense realistically because the holiday itself, it's like, it arrives at a time where like students are no longer like fresh off the Hogwarts Express. Like school is like getting underway. Like the action is finally like picking up. Yeah. And also like, it makes sense as like, witchcraft it's like <laughs> you know like it makes sense you know, for witches. like the theme of the book it's like halloween witches it's about to go down something's about to happen do you want to know what doesn't happen at these feasts costume contests do you know what's a big missed opportunity a whole castle full of kids that can do magic and not letting them put on costumes i've oh, never thought enchanted about- costumes yeah the best kind and we know that that's a part of British culture because in the... Uh, they in, have fancy dress parties. They do. And they have dress robes and they have all that stuff. So what's up, Joe? Missed opportunity. Have like a tailoring class. No. Can you even imagine? You just have to go intern at Madame Malkin's or something and that's all you get. And like, I think that's a cool like distinction from Fantastic Beasts versus like in the 1920s versus Harry Potter in the 1990s because, like, they're more focused on, like, the Latin school system type stuff when, like, Queenie was making her own clothes, making her own food. I'm sure, like, her education was more focused on, like... Being a housemaker, yeah. Homemaker, a wizard homemaker. Which, like, girl, that scene in that movie where she makes her own dress is always going to be my favorite scene ever, so... (laughs) I'm about it. But I think that's a cool distinction from, like, their education. I mean... It's sexist, so I'm not into it, but well, I'm still I'm still into the the idea of making your own costumes for Halloween and how they definitely missed out on that. One thing that I've always had a question about with the Halloween feast is when they had the troop of dancing skeletons. Um <laughs> skeletons are these. <laughs> Did they give permission in life to have their skeletons dancing? Like are they real skeletons? Are they conjured skeletons? Who's skeletons? Definitely conjured. There's I mean, no way. Yeah, I agree. I feel like apparitions. You can conjure a whole skeleton. How many bones are in a skeleton? Um, excuse you. First of all, if they were real skeletons being forced to dance, that has got to be some sort of like... That's like theory. necromancy stuff. Yeah. That's like dark magic. And they're just dancing away up there with little top hats or whatever. Um, it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Go in about the dancing skeleton. I'm with Haley. It's cute, and I'm here for it. But Necromancy or otherwise. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't go down on it. Halloween is a time for necromancy. Okay, fine. It's the lines are blurred, Michael. Spooky, spooky skeletons, like, in your face? Like, how cute is that? Sounds horrible. No. <laughs> Michael, you would not like my house in the, in the Halloween time. The uh, Halloween feast is also, so what all things happen on the Halloween feast when we were talking about that? So the, the troll and then Harry and Hermione and Ron become friends. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and then the death day party, and that's the first basilisk attack. In the third book, that's- what happens in the third book? Is that a, is that a, robbers, is that, is that a serious uh, black attack? Yeah, he never even like, oh, serious black. Is, is that, that when Ron gets attacked by by the dagger or no that's when the fat lady gets slashed. that's what yeah that's what i was thinking of like yeah right. yeah and then the fourth book it's the triwizard uh selection feast 
Um, Yay. Which is, I remember in the book where, where the, the narrator is like two feasts in a row, man, that was, that, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even hungry. It was like, ah, oh, so many feasts. Those poor little house elves. Wait, so two feasts in a row, meaning they had their Halloween feast and then immediately had the Triwizard Champion, like, drawing feast? The welcome feast first. Um, Oh, the welcome feast. Okay. Showed up. That makes a lot more sense than, like, two big feasts in a day. Ignore me. With the bouillabaisse? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they had two feasts. So, what? Does Halloween come up again? For the rest of the series, I can't remember anything that happens in the rest of the books. It's not noted, and I have an idea on why. There's why? the whole why, but there's the whole death scene in in uh, the last book. Oh, and Deathly Hallows, yeah. yeah, when Voldemort splashes. I mean, that back. was doesn't happen on Halloween per se, but like the whole scene is Halloween. So right. That's ah, right, right. Okay, what were your thoughts? Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, I always wondered like why they never discussed Halloween ever again. And then I looked into it and it seems kind of fitting for the final three books because Goblet of Fire is such a turning point in the series and the tone really changes after that. And it's like for most people, you guys probably agree with this. I'm assuming like, you know, you celebrated holidays when you were little and like holidays are especially like amazing and joyful when you're a kid because there's all kinds of traditions and there's treats and parties and it's like if you know you could suggest that harry's like loss of innocence in goblet of fire means that he's not really in that part of his childhood anymore Right. So it's kind of like he has to like, he's kind of like forced to grow up a little bit and like things are different now. So I feel like it kind of makes sense that like holidays would get like less recognition after that. The only one that ever like sticks out in my mind is basically just from Deathly Hallows when they're in Godric's Hollow and they barely even notice that it was Christmas Eve because they were just, you know, busy and whatever. It's like there's more important things going on. And they can't really be thinking about holidays. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's very true. It's so sad. Depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Bummer. So sad. The feast probably still happen. We just don't hear or see about them because. Right. Growing up part. Yuck. That must be why I never wanted to grow up because I just want to celebrate all the silly holidays forever. Right. And I just want to make costumes forever. <laughs> yeah. I just want to dress up as a cheese pinup for cheese day, you know? Right. <laughs> something that was really random about halloween that i had to remind myself about um so when researching for today's episode is that celestina warbeck the queen um is considered really controversial because she vocally disagreed with how the ministry of magic put sanctions on wizards celebrating halloween what a queen She's i awesome. love her what I- sort of sanctions i don't remember that this know. was just a really throwaway sentence in Celestina's biography on Pottermore. Um, my headcanon for this is that Joe wrote it thinking that there was going to be a Halloween show for Celestina in the parks. Like maybe that was planned at one point. Oh. It really does like go into like her show and her performance uh, in Wizarding World. And it came out right when Diagon Alley was opening. So um, that... It just makes me think that Joe, like the, maybe there were discussions at some point about there being a, like a Celestina Halloween show. And maybe there was some point in that show where she was going to be like, Halloween is wonderful. And <laughs> the Ministry of Magic shouldn't be putting a thing on us. Ha ha. Like just being Celestina being a queen. Well, since both JK Rowling and like Universal are major listeners of our podcast. Um, <laughs> let me just say, y'all can go ahead and give her her own show for Halloween because that's everything I've ever wanted. Thank you. Do we know for sure that there's no Celestina Warbeck Halloween show? Because I know that they do like special Halloween stuff at Universal Studios Japan. Does she have a show there or would we have heard about that? Probably she does think, not currently. I think we would have heard about it. Obviously, I was joking if anyone thought I was being serious. Uh, no one listens to like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us. 
<laughs> no, I love Celestina Warbeck, though. I want her to have a Halloween show. I want her Christmas show to be on a CD that I can purchase and or download digitally because I need all of the songs, all of them. Thanks. Me too. And I know, oh gosh, and we, when we have our Christmas episode, I'm going to go all off. But like her Christmas songs like are better than her songs all year round. I'm just saying. I will throw that out there. They're so good. I'm such a they, fan. They are. Oh my and the thought that her Christmas songs are that good, can you imagine how good her Halloween songs uh, would be? Uh, and she could have little skeleton backup dancers. Exactly. Someone can charm those for her. No. Whose skeletons are they? Did they can give consent? They are, Michael, do you believe, okay, when Malfoy says serpent sortia, do you think a real snake appears? It's an apparition snake. Michael? There are skeletons of all of the men who have done Celestina wrong, and now they dance for eternity <laughs> behind her. Oh, I love that. Get it, Celestina. Oh, yes. Can we have a podcast episode all about how amazing Celestina Warpike is? Yes. Okay. Into that. Okay. Add it to the list, Michael. Add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, Michael. <laughs> Michael, get out your quill. <laughs> it's little what I'm doing. Add it. <laughs> Marks this day. Totally writing it. So, uh, elsewise, other than the Halloween day itself, there's just tons of spoopy stuff that's in the wizarding world. Um, we've already covered ghosts. Do we have anything else to add about ghosts? Maybe, but we'll Did see. Did that thought come back to you? No. No. Um, we've got dungeons. <laughs> Woo! Listen, Ooh, I love a good dungeon. dungeon. Oh, these aren't the type of dungeons you're thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's that type of podcast now. <laughs> We've got haunted houses with a shrieking shack. Oh, I see. Oh, I love that, but then it. I also know that it's not actually haunted, but it's it's still good. I'm into it. Okay, that was gonna be my point that I was trying to make earlier, and I forgot about it. The shrieking shack. Can we just talk about how? Freaking, freaking bad! These ghosts that like the Hogwarts ghosts were like afraid to afraid to go over and see them. Like how bad must those fake ghosts been to like scare like the bloody bear from even going to the shrieking shack? Because I feel like the bloody bear would be the type of person to be like, oh, they're not that bad. I'm gonna go over and check it out myself. But like he was too afraid to do it. Like Lupin must have been crazy. But I just think that's funny that there's a thought of like some really bad a ghosts like. I want to be a part of this ghost squad. But also, what can ghosts actually do to each other? Can they, like, hurt each other? I guess not, because then Nick would want the rest of his head cut off, and he's pretty much stuck that way forever. They can hurt their feelings. Yeah, true, but, like, why (laughs) would it... (laughs) Haley. Haley is out to really hurt them. (laughs) They can hurt their feelings, you are correct. No, but, like, why wouldn't they just go out and look? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Uh, I feel like it's like Moni Myrtle with the pipes. Like she could have easily done it, but then it would have like ruined the plot. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> I'm just like, if I was a ghost and I knew nothing could harm me, I'd be going places I know I shouldn't. Oh, I know. I'd be like an adventurer ghost. Yeah. With a big backpack. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like an <laughs> ghost. <laughs> I don't need to I eat. I don't need <laughs> to drink any water. Like, you know, I don't need any earthly <laughs> bounty. I'm good. Like a spooky Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't need food, water, none of it. Like here we go. You have to find a way to die with just a adventuring. So you can like. <laughs> I need to die with what? A whip in your hand, so you can be. Yeah. I'd be carrying one on me for the rest of my life until I kick it, just so that I can be the ghost with the whip. <laughs> that is some real life goals right there. Maybe that's what the people with the musical saws did. Maybe they were like, when it's time. <laughs> I'm ready. That's my <laughs> retirement plan. Have strapped to their back. That's you know, the retirement you, plan. Do you think people like wizards live their life like some ghost fanatics? Like, I know I'm going to be a ghost. Like, I'm going to live my life here, but I, I know I'm going to be a ghost. Or they just didn't think about it. Haley, I feel like it's the people that are into the zombie thing. You know, they're like fully prepared. They got a bunker. It has all the tools they need. I feel like wizards that want to be a ghost have all the things they want in the afterlife. They're ready to rage. Do you think ghosts can ever be happy? No. Haley. <laughs> You're killing me. Nearly had bullied his whole life. Bonnie Myrtle is like a savage queen. Um, but like, are they happy? 
No. Is anybody really happy, Haley? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just worried about my ghosties. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like at the core of a ghost is the whole idea of like unfinished business. And are you ever happy when you have unfinished business like looming? The ghost whip idea. It's like if you live your life with a ghost whip, like I'm going to be a ghost. So I need to carry my whip with me all the time. Or I'm going to be a, mu- a musician. So I need to have my saw with me all the time. <laughs> are they like, are they their happiest when they've fully become their ghost selves? Or do they get to like the point after life and they're like, nope, you lived too good of a life. You can't be a ghost. Sorry. Or is it like a conscious decision? It made it sound, the way Nick described it, it really made it sound like a conscious decision to me. And a mm-hmm. choice that very few wizards and witches make. Like, you, you kind of like, you go to King's Cross and Dumbledore comes up to you and says, Hey, you want to move on or do you want to be a ghost? And you're like, nah, being a ghost kind of sounds like it sucks. So I'm going to move on. But then some people, like Merkel, and other people just aren't there. I guess it's like dying at in the mind frame where they are at that moment is like, they just can't let go. And so they make the decision to stay and then they're pretty much stuck there forever and there's no going back. Michael, see, it's funny that you interpreted that way. I kind of interpreted it as not every witch and wizard was given the choice. Like if you had unfinished business, you kind of got pulled towards being a ghost um, and then you were given the option but not every single witch or wizard was given the option like if you kind of were at peace and you weren't given the option to become a ghost Mm -hmm. yeah I think what informs my my view on that is is just Nick's phrasing of it when he says like Sirius would have I I think he says would have chosen to move on or something like that yeah that's what makes me think it's a choice and but I definitely see it's like it like if your earthly calling or your earthly goings on are just like so unresolved and so unfinished, um, then I could see like people saying, "Heck no, I got I got more stuff to do." Like you couldn't even live your life because you had to carry your wit with you at all times because <laughs> goes so bad. And Indiana, Indiana Jones goes slapping your whip around. Exactly, that would be some unfinished business, I would say. Like oh. Like, I can never live my life to my full extent as a mortal. Now I'm a ghost. Then my life is finally complete. Yeah, because I feel like Professor Binns didn't actually make a decision. He just got up for work. Like, he didn't even think about it. I don't think he was given a choice. He just didn't even, you know, realize. Mm -hmm. Right. He didn't care about anything else in life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what about Poltergeist? You mean Peeves? You mean the one that's not in any of the films? Yeah, you... <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a poltergeist in the <laughs> Harry did, Potter. Did you know, if you didn't read the book, <laughs> that there's actually a poltergeist that lives in the castle? Who knew? You didn't know, that's fine, too. But there's a poltergeist. And, like, I've always been, to this day, a little bit confused of what a poltergeist is versus a ghost. I mean, I get that they're different because it's explained to us in the book series, but, like... How does one become a poltergeist? Um, so poltergeists are manifestations of human emotion. Um, they're not spirits. Like, they're not souls. They're like dementors, where, like, dementors are created by, like, a concentration of fear um, and depression and sadness and stuff. Um, poltergeists are created by feelings of mischief and recklessness and chaos. Um, so they're, they're created, they, they exist in wizard places because they're creations of wizards' emotions. Yeah, J.K. Rowling had said once that because of all the kids in the castle constantly being up to no good, that that's where uh, Peeves had come from. Oh, so he was never a human. No, 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 no. no. He's just a collection of all of the kids being sneaky and up to hijinks and, you know, fun. Can we talk about another one of my favorite things in Harry Potter the ghouls. Yes. <laughs> oh, if I wasn't a hag, I would be a ghoul. Would... <laughs> yes, you would. Uh, yeah, and I would want to be in someone's attic, just ghouling around, living <laughs> my best ghoulish life, like a dang ghoul queen. Listen, that ghoul in the Weasley's attic has the life. I know. 
Can you imagine being a ghoul in like a mansion somewhere and like rooms that people don't even know they don't use anymore? Well, I feel like people would like exterminate ghouls, like they'd be like a pest. But like the we they are a pest. Yes, you know, it's like that's our ghoul. We own. He's ours now. It's like a raccoon. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we just all let raccoons live in our houses if we choose to. It's like he lives here now. <laughs> they feed a cat food every once in a while. Yeah, it's like, like oh, he's still alive. Oh, okay. Just to watch it come out. I'm like, oh, look, oh, oh there it is. No, oh, there's our raccoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a party trick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to see our raccoon? He doesn't cause too many problems. Yeah, he's just, he, I mean, he's just living his best life. He's just eating trash. Like, that's the type of thing I, like, admire about ghouls. They're just living their best lives. What about hags? Oh, my God, yes. Um, so, I don't know if all y'all know, but my favorite sign in, well, it's one of my favorites. I have a lot of favorites, but, like, one of my Okay, my favorite sign in Wizard World of Harry Potter and Diagon Alley it says the Society for the Reformation of Hags, and I looked at it and I was like, first of all, hags don't need to reform, let them be. Secondly, I was like, um, I just love the idea of like hags being just in existence and at all because they're just like harpy women beings that eating just, children. just eating children and like and like these people are trying to like reform them and make them like prim and proper hags and like don't let them live their best lives they're just doing themselves a favor and then, uh i don't know the whole story point of that story was hags are amazing and i relate to them a lot <laughs> i just want to eat up some kitties and live my life please leave me alone that has to be like the reforming part right like they're just training them to like they're putting them in a cooking class they're like you can eat chicken too we like it it tastes like whatever you cook it in it's got to be that right because what else needs reforming i definitely like in my head i definitely envision it like like this old like celibate couple who are like like putting lace gloves and like having them drink tea and things and like like yeah. Victorian manner lessons and, and then have <laughs> just like get fed up with it and hurl everything across the room and destroy it. I agree with that because it reminds me of the scene in the Slughorn's Christmas party where the guy just like brought a vampire. Like the vampire was obviously like trying to like suck some blood and do his vampire stuff and like that guy was just like, no, chill out. And the vampire was like, God, I hate you. That's <laughs> <laughs> like let them out and let them let them be i'm living for this whole uh fantasy hag rehab that i have in my head now of them going to a home ec class of yeah. them sipping tea you know the whole shebang but they're just furious and like over it the whole time <laughs> yeah they're just like real mad and just real hungry and just not happy I love them so much. And they're just like looking out the window at all the kids playing in the street, like mouth watering. Exactly. They're just like Cruella DeVille, like the way she looks at dogs. That's how they are with like young witches and wizards. Another future episode topic that I would love to do is just talk about all the different signs in Wizarding World, especially in Diagon Alley, because there's like the most the weirdest advertisements. If you ever go there, please just don't even go on the rides for a while. Please just stand <laughs> and read every sign. Because that's my favorite My favorite part about Wizarding World is just like being in the ambiance. Like one of the signs is like for beaded beard bags. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> like a beard bag. And I'm like, that's going to be my next like theme party group. Like <laughs> have a full on beard and have a beaded beard bag and just show up. Oh, man. So I highly suggest y'all to do that. The signs are good. We could totally do a sign. We could do a whole episode on all of the painting in the wizarding world. I want to talk about painting more than anything else. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Savannah loves the painted owl poop. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> the detail is so good. Painted owl poop is the best thing in the wizarding world. Fucking fight me. <laughs> love sitting under that owl that owl section so much michael what else you got for us there's also a lot of i call it phobic creatures so creatures that people have a lot of phobias about not shelby because she loves all the, the spooky creatures but there's like giant spiders and people have tons of issues with spiders giant snakes people have tons of issues with snakes um just anything that you're afraid of like giant bugs and 
what other creatures are there? Giant scary thing. Giant birds. People are scared of birds. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very scary world to be in. The wizarding world. Did we list snakes already? I think you did. Yeah. That's yeah. Awkward. That's a pretty big one. Bees and horned serpents. All this sounds really endearing to me. Maybe Even not- owls are kind of frightening. I mean, like, just thinking about them, like the power behind them, the speed, the incredibly sharp and long talons. Yeah, actually, I'd like to take a moment to talk about that. So in real life, when you see somebody with an owl, they always got those sweet, sweet gloves on so that the owl does not sink its talons into our little, you know, measly flesh. Why in this movie do we never really see them with gloves? I know there's a few scenes where we see Harry with like one glove, but nobody seems too concerned about any of that, you know, in the mess hall when they're getting their letters or any of that. So maybe what's they the deal? always maybe they always wear like padded cloaks. <laughs> like <laughs> they they have falconer's glove material like just lined into all of their wizard robes because <laughs> you never know when you're going to get mail or maybe michael's point that all wizards don't care about danger and they just you know magic away their deep fleshy wounds just, just <laughs> it. do they manhandle their owls a lot though they just give them the letters and wrap them on their toes because Hedwig would always stick her little feetsies out to like be like, okay, time for a letter. Stick her. Yes. She's yeah. such a good owl. <laughs> Y'all, She's like the best owl. Some respect. She like stuck her foot out for Harry, even though he would rarely feed her. He was a horrible pet parent. He really was. He was. He didn't have to feed her. What do you mean? They feed all the owls. When they go to, listen, when the kids no, go to Hogwarts, the <laughs> owls get to go to the spa. <laughs> <laughs> to the bird's oh, even visit his pet. Why would he visit her? She's got all her friends. She doesn't want to hang out with him. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot about to talk about the fourth house or the fifth house in Hogwarts. It's the owl towel, you know, the tower, the <laughs> owlery. Yeah. <laughs> Words are hard, but you know what I mean. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, I would love to go visit there and just like be around the house. But yeah, I don't think that they really like like picked them up all. I mean Ron did with Pigwidgeon, but that's because it was a little fuzzball. And I think that they're like the, the wizarding owls are more intelligent, I guess, than the standard owl. Like I don't think any old owl can be Owls are not smart. No, they're not. They're really stupid, really. Yeah. Uh, Muggle yes. owls are stupid. Yeah, muggle owls. But I think, like, post-owls, I think you have to, like... I, I think there's some Mina Lima artwork. Like, owl post-training course. Like, I think that they're bred for a certain role. So, that's head. Not cutting you up. That's headcanon for me, anyway. Is that they're, okay. like, special... Uh, especially bred and trained for post-delivery yeah. for wizards. I mean, Game of Thrones had it more correct. Ravens are very intelligent. They're very intelligent. Yeah. Owls are not. <laughs> Ravens remember people's faces. Aesthetic, so. <laughs> You're not smart. That's true. Savannah, did you just say um, that crows, ravens can remember, what was it? They can remember people's faces. So they remember people that are kind to them and like people that are mean to them. And they also can tell each other like who was nice to them and who wasn't. Well, am I a raven? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what else you got? The last question is, I just wanted to ask everybody what they felt the spoopiest book of the series was. Oh, spoopy. And why? Mm. Like you got the most spoopy feels from? Yeah. I would have to say Sorcerer's Stone gave me the most spoopy feels. Why is that? Yeah, I would say Sorcerer's Stone because that the Halloween feast is like so good. And like they have the best descriptions of the Halloween feast, I think, in that book. Okay. Shelby? I think... I guess if I'm thinking about Halloween at Hogwarts, I probably end up always going back to Chamber of Secrets simply because like the Death Day Party is my favorite chapter from that. And I just know that that's Halloween. That's like, in my opinion, that'd be like such a fun way to spend an evening. But I guess if you have to miss out on like the most anticipated feast of the year, maybe it's not that fun. I don't know. I just think it's like special. So I guess I guess that one. I always think about it that way, but I do think that in the movies specifically, like Prisoner of Azkaban always feels like the most Halloweeny and spookiest. Like the first two movies, I always think like those are Christmas movies. But once you get into Prisoner of Azkaban, like 
that's automatically Halloween. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, with the Dementors and everything. Yeah, the so. Dementors, yeah. Um, Savannah? I'm with Shelby. Chamber of Secrets with the Death Day Party is definitely my spoopiest because that's the one that I remember the most. That's the best chapter, all of it. Yeah, I say Chamber of Secrets also. Um, it's like, I just think of, like all the gothic novel stuff, like all of like, the haunted castle and the ghosts play a really big role and the everyone's getting turned to stone and sex hair when he's hearing voices it's very edgar Allan poe it's very like like voices in the walls yeah. and it's very oh yeah very scary so yeah that's definitely the spookiest for me and the scariest and best character of all of the books are in, is in that movie so you know who is gildroy rockhart lockhart Gilderoy rock hard (laughs) guys I cannot fucking speak today words are so hard today I love you I'm so sorry I have to type that into my phone so I never forget it (laughs) I have to say I every time I think about how Harry, Ron, and Hermione um, had to miss out on the Halloween feast to go to some dank dungeon with no food and not even no food but like old food that smelled terrible i get so mad for them they deserve to be mad about it that is the reason that chamber secrets was my least favorite book for years it was the death day party because i was so mad at the halloween feast so it's funny that y'all two are like it's my favorite (laughs) chapter ever and we're like we hate the death day party party. (laughs) here's my problem but like i get mad for them no, they're so stupid. You pack snacks. <laughs> no, and then they got in trouble. There's a feast upstairs. And then they got in trouble There's afterwards. It was so skeleton. unfair. They didn't do anything wrong. And then they get in trouble for Mrs. Norris. They missed the dancing skeletons. Like, come on. And Haggard's giant pumpkins. His giant pumpkins he works on all year. Yeah, all they can visit those all year. They could go see the pumpkins like they out can- in the picturesque countryside. Exactly, Shelby. They cannot go to a death day party every single year, can they, Haley or Michael? No. They need to I suck see. it up. They need to pack some snacks. Five hundred's a big number. That's a big party. Halloween How many five hundredth death day parties do they get to go to in their life? I get it, Harry's a celebrity and probably a few more than the other two, but like listen, suck it up. How do you think? <laughs> oh well, never mind. Never mind. What? No, tell us. I was going to say something stupid. I was going to say, do you think that Nick invited Harry to any more of his death day parties? But like maybe his, his, uh, his 550th or something, maybe there was some milestone and like Harry's all old and he like came to Nick's. No, he probably didn't because Harry was ungrateful the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine having a guest of honor. That's just shit. Exactly. He's like, he invited this little celebrity skiv and he didn't even do anything except moan and whine about how hungry he was. Um, I don't think that they would have moaned and whined like expressly to Nick, right? I feel like Hermione has more manners than that. She does. That's not the point. Disappear because Peeves is pelting moaning myrtle with moldy peanuts. Oh, yeah. This is like such a kind of an off topic thing, but we keep like when you talked about how Hermione had more manners than that. One of the things I remember most about that part of the book, and Michael knows exactly what I'm about to say. <laughs> I know exactly what she's about to and say. And it's an American translation. So it's like, I don't think it's the same way in the British translation. Was during that part, like in the round that scene, Hermione says, I have to go to the bathroom to go pee. Like P-E-E. And I remember, yeah. well, well, okay. So I remember the first time I read that, I was like, oh my God, Hermione said pee. And like, she's like this proper girl. And I'm like, wait. It's okay. Like, you can say go pee. And I thought that was like a feminist moment for me. Like, girls, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, girl. Like, it was like, oh, her body said it. it's okay. Like, I think she said something like, it's really hard to have a pee with her moaning. Yeah, that's what it was. Like yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was like one of the moments I was like, oh, that's cool to say. Like, you can just be like, I, I could pee. But I think in the British translation, it says go to the loo. But then they translate it because Americans don't say the loo. So then it became try to pee. And like, that's like, it's like, sounds like it's like, ew, girls can't say that. But it was like, oh, Hermione said it. And she's like, she's like so put together. <laughs> I love this so much. I never noticed that. I'm going to have to go back and look. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm going to go highlight it in my only copy. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all have things that stick out to you. And that was just like one of those things. I can uh-huh. tell you one other thing that stuck out to me during, uh, I can't remember if it was that book or if it was the first book, but it's definitely in like descriptions of the Halloween feast in the Great Hall that they have every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, this is going to sound so dumb, but I don't care. I don't know if this is because it was the 90s. But I'm going to read something really fast to you. It says, the Halloween feast is usually festooned with sweets-filled pumpkins, bats, orange streamers, water snakes, (laughs) goblets of colored candy, and all sorts of Halloween-related decorations. Okay, you guys know what water snakes are, like, from our childhood, right? No. No. What are water snakes? I promise that you had them. What? I promise that you had them. They were those cheap toys that you could get in like souvenir shops or by the checkout counter at toy stores. They were like those kind of plastic sacks filled with water and like sometimes oh it's colorful water and there would be little like plastic oh, fish or what? stars in it or glitter. That's what water snakes are from the 90s. So if there's like some British translation that I'm missing, that that could be it. Or maybe they were all gifted water snakes at Hogwarts and like I'm into that consumerist commercial bullshit. Give me water snakes for Halloween. I'm going to go read all the Halloween scenes and all the British copies to try to find that because that is fascinating. Oh my gosh. Go, go have time. Go get that. Go get it. Wow. <laughs> right what? now. What? A, I had no idea that was called a water snake. I used to shake them. <laughs> they were hard to hold on to. I don't yes, they would stop. slip right out of your hands. Yeah, they slip right out of your hands. They're like. Oh, they were just like novelty water toys. But I've yeah. seen other people call them water wiggler and i don't like that oh i don't enjoy that at all (laughs) but i've never i don't think i've ever known that they were called water snakes well i only learned that as an adult i never knew that they had a name i would just there a citation for where the water snakes was mentioned I can try and pull it up. Give me one second. I also double checked and like Googled like water snake candy, water snake British. And like the only thing that comes up is those like weird plastic toys. If I did not Google what that was, I would not know because I thought I would assume a water snake is like snakes. I live in the water. Yeah. No, same. <laughs> so I, I would when you said that they said it was at the, the feast, I would have thought that they conjured snakes that look like water right because it mentions just before that you know sweets filled pumpkins bats and that like bats were part of the decoration it was i'm assuming that those were conjured too that they weren't real bats but like by the thousands that they would like swoop over the tables in the great hall just like for for aesthetic purposes just to add to the whole like spooky halloween theme into and it. apparently these like giant clouds of bats would, you know, swish by and all of the candles inside the floating jack-o'-lanterns would flutter, like all of the the flames on them. So like it's a, it produces like a nice image, but sorry, I'm still I'm I'm looking at this water snake thing because I too need receipts. <laughs> so I'm I'm up to uh to Prisoner of Azkaban. I haven't found it yet. <laughs> I found the two paragraphs where the death day party is described, but it doesn't, it, they're like one paragraph in each book and then it moves on to something else. Was it the death day party or was it the Halloween feast? So, give me one sec. No, no, it was the Halloween feast. It would be in the first one, Michael. It's a paragraph and it doesn't mention anything about water snakes. And again, this is, it's not from the HP lexicon. It was from the Harry Potter wiki, like the wikia, which could, you know, it could be a mistake. It's very possible. It could be something from the movie, but. Why would that be in the movie? I have so many questions about this. I, I would love to know where they were in the movies because I feel like I've looked at every scene and shot and behind the scenes photo and gif of the Halloween set because I'm obsessed mainly I'm sure you guys Savannah I know that you know this mainly I'm obsessed with those little tiny cones made of sprinkles oh, found it. 
You found it? Okay, so this is in Prisoner of Azkaban. So uh, Harry, as they reached the entrance hall and crossed to the great, into the great hall, it had been decorated with hundreds and hundreds of candle-filled pumpkins, a cloud of fluttering live bats, and many flaming orange streamers, which were swimming lazily across the stormy ceiling like brilliant water snakes. Like water snakes. So, oh, the okay. wiki lied. Party favor. <laughs> <laughs> I like Shelby's Dude. version way better. Yeah. I know, right? And it was the nonsense. I want water snakes. Ever. I'm going to have those at all of my themed Halloween parties now. <laughs> it's like the adult goodie bag. You just get a water snake toy as a present. <laughs> Thank you for being my adult friend. Here's a water snake. Here's a water snake. You're in trouble for putting up with me. And they'll say, "What the hell is a water snake?" And you don't have to explain it. The wiki got it very wrong. Wiki, are you listening? <laughs> Change it. God, Michael, thank you for finding that in real time. Because that would have blown my mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I never look this up? This must be a weird British thing that was only in the British editions that I don't remember. I wish it were true because that would be such a 90s thing. Like, those things were everywhere in the 90s. It is the most 90s thing. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go. We're probably saying the same exact thing. (laughs) Hey, let's say at the same time. The most 90s thing about Harry Potter was... (laughs) The water snakes. Oh, I was going to say the butterfly hair clips. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Tonks is like punk's vibe too. And Tonks what? Her punk vibe. I always thought that was very nineties, and I appreciate. Oh it. sure, guys. I Google imaged water snakes, and my life has changed forever. <laughs> now you know what they're called. Now I know what they're called, and like, why did none of mine have little plastic toys in them? They just had like glitter. Yeah, mine had glitter too. Oh, I always had the toy ones. I was very into fish, Love. so I think I had. Always fish and maybe penguins. Yeah, some of these have polar bears in them, like mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. I don't think I ever owned one. I think that I just played with my friends and they were probably <laughs> like, uh, you can have that now. <laughs> <laughs> this is yours now. This is yours now. I um I really have a full again, a full fantasy of Harry and Hermione and Ron playing with a water snake at the Halloween feast that will never leave my brain, so. Well, it's canon now. As we've decided, it's a deciding factor on the canon, This so. is level one canon. This is choose my own adventure, full canon. <laughs> full canon. Can you imagine a magical water snake? Guys, this has taken a turn. It would totally squirt you like gobstones. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't even be that long. They're like the size of like your hand. So like it'd just be a little tiny little <laughs> It'd be like a little oh, roly. It would just like kind of like like squirt along like and the great hall's so mark, big mark. that they'd just be like <laughs> 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 I need some fan art of this. <laughs> I need a lot of things with this. Guys, everyone's getting water sinks for Christmas. Please consider joining our Hold My Butterbeer holiday gift exchange in which you have to send a uh, non-specific winter holiday card and a water snake of your choosing. This is the best day ever. Yeah, it is. Okay. Michael, do you have any other Halloween tidbits that you'd like to talk to us about? Yeah. Can you rein us in? Can you please put the bumpers back on the alley? Because we are off the rails. No, that is all I have for our Halloween episode. Yay. Oh, yes. spooky, spooky. Very spooky. <laughs> the door's closing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us for our Halloween episode. We hope you're having the best ooky spooky season, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been your favorite podcast about all things Wizarding World canon. Hold my butterbeer. You can find us on Instagram at Hold My Butterbeer Pod and on Facebook at Hold My Butterbeer Podcast. Ooh, you can also email us at HoldMyButterbeerPod at gmail.com We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for spooking.